we thought it would be uh, best to announce what we have to announce, and then I'll kind of go backwards a little bit, explain how I found out and what happens moving forward, etc. But uh, about a month ago, um, I discovered that I have testicular cancer. Um, I found out last week or the week before uh, that it is stage two of three stages, uh, seminoma or seminoma. I'm still not sure how you say that. Uh, it is the, it, from what I've learned, a highly curable form of testicular cancer. Um, next week, I start chemotherapy treatments on Monday uh, after getting some blood work done and getting a port installed. Um, I will be on the show as much as I can. Um, I have five-day-a-week treatments, but they're not every week. Um, and my oncologist believes that by Christmas uh, I'll be cancer-free. Um, it's been a couple of uh, very stressful uh, emotional weeks, to be honest with you. I first discovered a lump on my testicle when I was in my left one, my favorite one. Nothing against my right one because he's still with me. I mean, you're loyal, bro. <laughs> uh, I first discovered one uh, it when I was in my 20s, and I was concerned uh, enough to go get, a, go get it checked out, and they did an ultrasound, and they told me... Um, it's a lump, yeah, but it's not. There's nothing to be concerned about. It's like a, some tissue or whatever. Um, I probably should have been more vigilant through the years, getting it checked out, but um, it did. I didn't see any cause to. It didn't bring me any discomfort. Didn't bring me any pain. So it, it was there the whole time. I I guess so. I don't know if it was the same lump. I imagine it was probably yeah, uh, maybe a, a benign tumor. Then oh, that's that. Can it can a tumor go from being benign to not benign? I believe it can go from being wow. benign to being malignant, especially if it gets larger. I think. I could be wrong on that. I don't know a lot about that. I'm no expert. Yeah. Just a patient. I think the medical term is not benign, but. <laughs> well, <laughs> agree to disagree. Uh, so I didn't get it checked out again. And um, a few months ago, uh, my beautiful girlfriend was getting her beautiful breasts checked out, and they found some concerning things. And for a couple of months, Things didn't quite feel right in the scrot. Just on the left side, things things didn't. It felt like it, that the the lump was getting more significant and cumbersome. So did it hurt? It was there and bigger. Were you experiencing pain? Um, not at not as of a couple of months ago, but yes, uh, so, so, shortly after that, yes, I started to experience some discomfort and a dull ache. And so when Sarah went to go get her boobs checked out and they did a biopsy on a couple of things, which thankfully came back clear, um, I told her that I would finally, you know, I'm going to bite the bullet because as guys, I can't speak for any guy other than myself, I tend to think it's probably nothing and the doctor's only going to give me bad news, so why go to the doctor? Uh, that's a pretty stupid way to think. Yeah, yeah. It, it, well, it, I wouldn't say it's stupid. It, clearly, you believed that, and it, it came Look fruition. Where it yeah. <laughs> so, um, so when I went to go get it checked out, 
and I encourage and 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 above and beyond all else, the reason I'm sharing this with you is in hopes that one dude, I could be talking to you, out there has been putting off a doctor visit because you're afraid of what you might find out. And and you're not a bad person for it. You're not a dumb person for it. You're not an irresponsible person for it. You're a person for it. And so if that's you, just go get it checked out. You'll have either peace of mind or a road to recovery. Uh, but waiting is a very potentially harmful thing that you can do. So above and beyond all else, I want to encourage you to go get checked, please. Because when I got checked out just over a month ago, I walked into the urologist. Uh, he you know, does what he did, which is you know, do a little fill into the nutsack. Very humbling for him, I'm sure. And uh, as he drove off in his Lamborghini, uh, uh, and uh, and he said immediately, "Yeah, we're going to need you to get an ultrasound." So I uh, I did get an ultrasound, and this is where I made a very big mistake that I'd like to encourage anyone out there not to make. If you have an online patient portal, and you get a procedure, they will upload the results of the procedure to your portal frequently before you're able to see the doctor for a follow up visit. So you're left to read the technician's interpretation of what he saw, not your doctor's judgment of that interpretation. And there can be some wiggle room there. For example, on the ultrasound, it said, concern is lymphoma. I thought I was dying for about 72 hours. I read it on a Tuesday. My doc, my urologist appointment was on a Friday. So for Wednesday, Thursday, and all day Tuesday, I thought, I had lymphoma and was dying. I literally did. I had I had written out uh, four chapters of an autobiography. I started making arrangements. I called my brother-in-law about a last will and testament, and I was in the lowest, darkest place for a couple of days that I think I've ever been in in my entire life. Don't ever read the results of a procedure before a doctor has a chance to go over them with you. And that is, and, and this is not what we're talking about, but it is absolutely insane to me that a person, because it was, I think it was, you looked at it like three o'clock in the morning, because we talked the next day and, and I, I was in shock, not only at what you were telling me, but that it was a scenario in life that you could get that information and then be left to your own devices. Cause I think you called them like, you got to call the doctor immediately. And then they were like, Oh, he's, He's not here. He's in surgery or wherever he was. I'm like, well, you, you got to go there. I mean, to think that people can be trusted or left with that information for any period of time, I don't think that should ever, ever happen. Protect me from my curiosity. Well, that's one step past curiosity. I mean, that's that's downright terrifying. It is. And when you get an email that says your results have been uploaded to your patient profile, how do you not look? You go, oh, my God, what's in my nutsack? You know what I mean? So- when the urologist had the chance to follow up with me, uh, after I think they ordered some, I, that I go do some blood yeah. work uh, the day before, and that's when I came in late. Um, I had had blood drawn and I had a CT scan, so they uh, they didn't see anything concerning in my blood work. My CT scan showed one enlarged lymph node, uh, but nothing else in my chest, my abdomen, and my pelvis. So I. Went to the urologist. He said, um, you know, I, I don't see anything that concerning here, but in your, uh, in your, on your testicle, it's almost certainly testicular cancer. And uh, unfortunately, they can't do a biopsy through your scrotum because if they do, 
they pierce it and they risk if there is cancer there, it can just oh. spread. I shouldn't really say this pierced scrotum part on the radio, unless it's a cosmetic thing. Well, I mean, I just you know, it's it's important. So and graphic. So uh, they got to they got to take your they got to take your testicle. Like that's the only way they can find out if you have testicular cancer is to take your testicle, which if you do have cancer, they would have taken it anyway. So no harm, no foul. But if you don't have cancer, then they take your testicle and you got no testicle and no cancer. So they can't just throw it on ice for a few days. And if there's no cancer in it, just be like, ah, here you go. We'll throw it back in. It's not like you cut off your finger in the snow in a movie. No, (laughs) they they can't just pack that up. Well, never hurts to ask. Right. Well, no, I, and I want to see it still. Like I still don't know where my, uh, where my departed is. They don't give it to you. No. Right. I mean, I paid a thousand, uh, over a thousand bucks for that surgery. The least they could do is like, let me mount it. Did you ask about the whereabouts of your testy? I've had a lot on my mind, John. I well, I mean, I wish you would have. I mean, I'm always looking for an extra task. If you would have told me, you know, to be, uh, you know, somehow involved in trying to track down your testicle, that would I would have been honored. It's probably still out there somewhere. I hope no one threw it into the rubbish. Um, you think somebody kept it? Like, <laughs> like, like the somewhat famous yeah. local people who have lost their testicles. Yeah, like thirty years from now, it'll pop up at a silent auction at a charity event or a state sale. Yeah, let me know. I'll I'll bid on it. So anyway, um, so they took it. Yeah, that was uh that was a Friday that I missed. I think, and uh, that was fun. Uh, it was just it was just a blast. I had a ball, and then um, since then, uh, it's been. A struggle to fight with insurance. Um, insurance companies sometimes employ a third-party company to their sole goal is to deny you the service that your doctor told you is medically necessary. So in the worst moment of your life medically, you're also battling the third party contracted by the insurance company that you've been paying premiums to to tell them that the PET scan that your doctor needs you to get so to see if you have cancer from your head to your toe is medically necessary, whereas they're telling you it is not because you've already had a CT scan. That is so insane. And then the thing that's wild for me is that, you know, it doesn't insurance always isn't there for you in the run of the mill stuff. But I thought what everybody always says was, well, this is for something ground, you know, something that's going to change your life. This is for that one thing that you hope doesn't happen. When it happens, you'll be covered. And watching it before my very eyes, it's been the opposite. Yeah. I mean, it's like more than in other instances, they're trying to find ways to not, to not pay when, why, why would you have insurance if it's not going to be there for you at at the worst moment? I can only imagine how difficult insurance fraud is to deal with for these companies. So I'm somewhat sympathetic there, but I think that they've lost the humanity where people discovering that they have cancer, want to see how much cancer they have. And you're telling them that they can't get the procedure. That's going to tell them how much cancer is in their body. Seems a bit cruel. Yeah. So I, you know, it was a couple of weeks of fighting through that and getting a PET scan scheduled, which I then got last week. Uh, My hope going into it was that they would not find cancer anywhere else and I wouldn't need uh, radiology, radio treatment, whatever, radioactive treatment, and I wouldn't need chemotherapy and that they would just want to monitor me every year with the scan. Unfortunately, that's not the case. Fortunately, I did get the scan, so this didn't go unchecked. Uh, but the cancer from my testicle spread uh, to one lymph node near my kidney and, unfortunately, one lymph node near my neck. And it's pretty significant. The scan is really cool. Like, the 
where the cancer cells are uh, accumulates in a bright yellow. So like they show you the digital image of your body and then you see like this bright yellow there and you're like, holy crap. I haven't asked you this yet. Do you feel like because your lymph node like in your neck in certain areas you can feel it. Do right. you feel it? No. Uh, and, and I try not to feel it too much because what if I flick it and then the cancer goes like into my heart? <laughs> Juicing out the cancer. Like, oh, God, I shouldn't have done that. No, but I, I don't feel anything yeah. there. I think maybe I feel the one here a little bit because there's something underneath my rib cage, like a little discomfort that I'm hoping goes away with the chemo. Uh, but no. So anyway, uh, I discovered there that it was indeed uh, stage two out of three, which ain't bad, according to Meatloaf. And that um, next week I will uh, start the process of kicking cancer's ass through chemotherapy, which is my goal. Now, um, I when the Norm Macdonald news broke, and I think I might have – you were here that day, right? Yeah. Okay. That was tough for me because I was in the early stages of addressing and confronting how I felt about my own cancer diagnosis. And to learn that Norm Macdonald had had it for almost 10 years – and didn't tell any of his friends was interesting to me. I even said on the show that day, we all handled things in our own way, and I hadn't said anything yet because, A, I like for this show to be fun for you to listen to. I like to talk about stuff with John from our real life sometimes, but I like for it to be an enjoyable experience for you. I don't want to bum you out. I'm not here every day so that I can beat you over the head with the heavy, sad stuff that happens in our lives. I'm here to be a distraction for you. Number two, the show is a distraction for me. For four hours a day, no matter what's going on in my life, when I've needed it the most over the last month, especially, I'm able to get in this room with John and Joey and forget, for the most part, what I'm dealing with for four hours. So to talk about it on the show would take away that refuge for me, and um, and I wasn't ready for that yet. Until, of all places, this past week, I drew inspiration from Florida's first lady, wife of Governor Ron DeSantis, Casey DeSantis, who on Monday or Tuesday went public with her own breast cancer diagnosis. And I thought at the time, I hope people can put their political leanings aside and wish this woman well. And I also thought um, how very brave of her to make that public in hopes that it would encourage women, especially during this month, October, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, to go get your boobs checked. If you, if you feel something that doesn't quite feel right, ladies, by all means, I'm not just speaking to guys today, please go get that checked out for peace of mind. Those women who find that early detection gene or whatever and then get a preventative yeah. double mastectomy that to keep cancer away, good God, that's brave. That is some serious bravery. So, ladies, this is a month for you to go get checked out. And when, when I read an article on WFLA.com the day after the diagnosis that said, a local cancer expert from Moffitt said that Casey going public with this, Mrs. DeSantis going public with this, will undoubtedly save lives. It may be overcome the hesitance, maybe a little fear, and certainly a lot of discomfort that I was certain to experience talking about it on the radio. If me saying this and sharing this with you gets you to go to the doctor for that thing that you were kind of worried about, whether it's in your testicle, your chesticle, your head, your foot, whatever. If it encourages you to go get checked and you catch something early before it could kill you, what the hell am I going to be discomfort or uncomfortable about talking about it? That's, that's what I'm here for. 
I'm here to advocate. And in this case, I want my personal story to inspire you to go get checked out if you think you got something. That's all. You, you think there might be something to miss? Go get a check for me. And I have been so overwhelmed by how many people in my life are so compassionate. I will v- never take for granted how fortunate I am to be in this position where I have people, multiple people, who care about me enough to reach out and ask what they can do or just say I'm thinking about you. Not everybody has that. People's common reaction when I tell them is, what can I do for you? And I'll normally brush them off with a casual, there's nothing I need, but I'm, I'm okay financially. I started a Substack, which is a subscription writing service to defray some of the thousands of dollars for uh, – for the surgery. I've gone into detail there and thank you to everyone who signed up. Um, I think you can search substack.com slash Drew Garabo. Thank you so much to everybody there who's been so overwhelmingly helpful and positive and giving their support and insight. I've shared my whole journey there. It's just been a lot easier to write it all out. Um, but when you ask what you can do for me, you can find that person in your life or someone connected to someone connected to you that doesn't have that support system that has to Get this news alone, go to appointments alone, feel scared at the chemotherapy aspect, feel scared at the radiation treatment or scared of every doctor's Find that person and offer them the same thing that you might offer me, which is help, love, support, and compassion because they might not have it. I am, I am so grateful for the people in my life my loved ones, my parents, my family, John, Sarah, everybody, uh, everybody who's texted me um, and 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 thought about me and come to see me just to issue support. It really, truly means the world, and, and I'd love to pay that forward. If you can volunteer at a cancer center, I don't even know if that's allowed in the COVID era, if you can just find that one person who might feel slightly or significantly less alone or more alone, less taken care of, that would be a tremendous favor to me uh, if you could find someone. And I want to let you know, if you're listening right now and that's you, um, you're not alone. Like There are a lot of people, 50-year-old, 40-year-old, 30-year-old, 20-year-old, who are diagnosed with this, who fight it and beat it, but it's okay to feel pretty crappy about it, you know? I don't feel crappy about it. I did for a while. I never once thought, why me? I'll never think that because I've been given so much in this life some of it I've earned. Some of it I've maybe been been uh, very fortunate to get some breaks. I've been I've I've taken so much from this world, and I want nothing more than to pay it back. And through volunteering with Apple a day, I got to see what cancer looks like in very little kids. I got to see the bravest little two year olds, the most courageous nine year olds. The misfortune of a 14-year-old, the, un- the cruelty of a six-month-old going through cancer and cancer treatment. And they did it. And some of them didn't make it. Most of them did. The strength of their parents. I got to see all of that. And that's why I'm A-OK with what has happened to me. And I accept it as my destiny to share it with you and hopefully let it comfort you and or inspire you. Thank you so much to Mayor Kreisman's wife, Carrie, who reached out with her own diagnosis. Um, 
And I'll just say right before we take some calls, when my son was seven and a half months old, he had a tumor on his kidney. It was gigantic. It completely enveloped one of his kidneys. When they removed it, there was a few day there were a few days between when they took out the gigantic grapefruit sized tumor um, and uh, we got the biopsy done. In the moments after the surgery, when my seven and a half month old was still under anesthesia and out cold, I did some soul searching. And I talked to my dad about the New Testament. My dad was raised Catholic. My mom's Jewish. She thinks the Bible stopped after the Old Testament. Um, and, and we talked about God and Jesus and Christianity and relationships with God and what that's all about and stuff. And it, I go back and forth with my spirituality. Sometimes I think no way could uh, God or supreme being or benevolent whatever let this stuff happen. And then I sometimes think there's no way all of this just happened out of a big bang. I do believe that something made us. I don't know that it watches over us every step of the way and makes sure good things happen to good people and bad. I don't know any of that. But in those tender moments, frail moments of my seven and a half month old son, I begged for it to be me instead. I begged to have cancer so that my son could live. If you told me then that beautiful little human being is going to grow to be an 18-year-old kid attending USF, but you're going to lose a nut and you're going to have to go through chemotherapy, give it to me 10 times. Give it to me 100 times. And I'll never forget those moments. I'll never forget the way I felt then. And that's what keeps me from feeling too bad right now because if this is my lot in life, and it does seem to be, give it to me. Let's go kick cancer's ass on Monday. And thank you very much for your support and understanding. And um, thank you, John, for all you've done uh, along the way for as a friend um, and as a co-host. You've, you've let me be in my own comfortable place, and, and I know that the show is in great hands without you for as long as I can't be here. <sighs> you... you- you're you're ready, man. You're ready for this fight, and it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to. Uh, I think sometimes it's, you know, you look at your family and friends, and you're wrapping your head around it better than than others at times. It seems, and it's a journey, and every day is different. But, you know, from my perspective, you're you're ready. There's not a doubt in my mind that 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 Christmas deadline is 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 spot on. You will be cancer free and and ready to tackle the next phase of life, whatever that means. And it's it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, but I think that that you're more ready for it now than than ever as a person in, in a bunch of different ways. I am, and um, if everything goes well, I'll be done with chemo treatment by Drew Saves Christmas, uh, voted best of the Bay charity event 2021, <laughs> uh, which would just be huge. I would love to still be able to do that for the kids. Um, I will say this: uh, as a parent, I have so much empathy for how my mom and dad feel. Um, I can't imagine how it feels to have your grown ass son tell you that he's got cancer because when you when you have a little baby kid or an infant kid or a toddler kid and they fall down, you can pick them up and kiss their boo-boo and tell them everything's going to be all right. When they're a teenager, you can still give them advice and hopefully nurture and coddle them a little bit. How do you feel as a as a parent in their 70s 
when your 50-year-old son tells you he's got nut cancer? I don't know. I, I, know, I can't imagine uh, how much sorrow that brings to my mom and dad. So the only time I kind of get a little, it gets a little heavy for me is when I think about how it affects other people because I don't, I don't want to make them sad, you know? Like I don't, I don't want them to feel the weight. And it's unavoidable that they would, uh, but I just hope uh, that, uh, that my parents know how, how much empathy I feel for them and how much appreciation I have uh, for them getting me to the point where I'm prepared for this. It, it's interesting because we've talked a lot, obviously, about you know how, how everyone's handling it and stuff. And that same, you don't think of it this way, but that same thing in that conversation we've had about parents not wanting to tell you when something's wrong with them, whatever that is in a parent's mind, that same feature is at the center of how a parent deals with it, I think, because they don't want you to know that they're hurting as much as they're hurting. So it, it, it's a, it's, it's tough that they're, it's a, it's, it's, know. You, you know, it. it's a, know. it's a parent's, uh, it's a parent's burden to, to protect oh, their children in, in a lot of different ways. And I hate, I hate it for them. I hate it for you. I hate it for Sarah. I hate it for my son. I hate it for everybody. But for me, I'm here to, to kick its ass and I'm here to be a living testament so you should get your voice checked out if you got a problem down there for crying out loud. What's up, Ron? Hey, Drew. Just wanted to let you know that you inspired me. I was, uh, I'm was i a year younger than you, but I was in a car accident two months ago, and the emergency room said I needed to immediately get a follow-up. And I was like, I'm in no pain, so I've been putting it off and putting it off. But hearing your story has inspired me. I'm going to set up a follow-up appointment. Yeah, you should, man. And look, I'm the same way you are, dude. I You don't want to go because you're afraid of the bad news. You don't want to go because you think it's nothing. And I, if I could say this to myself, I would, uh, but I can't, so I'm saying it to you. Knock that crap off and grit, love yourself enough to give yourself the gift of peace of mind if it's nothing and a way to cure yourself if it's something. But living in that ignorance and living in that, uh, oh, man, it can kill you, literally kill you. If I waited for this, if I didn't get the scan, it, it, this dumb cancer could have freaking killed me. And that's a terrible way to go out because life is way too precious, my dude. All right. Thanks, bro. Get a check, bro. Thank you. Uh, let's take a minute. If you want to hang on, you can. If you don't want to, that's okay.